Welcome to Got You Covered, presented by Hickok and Boardman Insurance Group, the podcast where we unpack the countless ways in which insurance affects our lives, and so you can properly manage your unique risk. Welcome back to another episode of Got You Covered, presented by Hickok and Boardman Insurance Group. I'm your host, Ryan Lee. I'm a client advisor with the firm, and we're really excited for today's episode for you. Thanks for joining. And uh, today, I have Chris Green. He's a claim specialist here at Hickok and Boardman. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about one of the most common claims scenarios for both a business and uh a, a personal homeowner. Uh, it's burst pipes. And so looking forward to talking a little bit about prevention and maybe how the best way to handle those claims if you are unfortunately dealing with one of those. So welcome to the podcast, Chris Green. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. Appreciate you having me. No problem. Uh, great to have you on the podcast, as always. And I really appreciate the work you do for, for our agency. I got to ask, how does somebody who's in claims get into insurance? How did you get into insurance? I feel like none of us who are in insurance say, oh yeah, I'm going to, I'm definitely going into a career uh, in insurance when we're in high school or college. Somehow it just figures itself out. Yeah. I, I definitely uh, didn't go to college with the, with the mindset of getting into insurance. Um, since I've been in insurance, I actually look back at my education and realized that uh, I had one course about insurance and I remember nothing from that course. <laughs> so, so it didn't help me, um, you know, when I eventually fell into this uh, profession, but uh, basically I uh, graduated college in 2006, um, ended up uh, working in a retail environment uh, for about two years and then um, things just didn't go my way and that job kind of ended and I didn't have anything else. So my first foray into insurance was trying to sell door to door life insurance accidental. Um, so that was in Eastern Kentucky and you can imagine what a, uh, what a guy from Vermont, how he was, uh, <laughs> what he thought about Eastern Kentucky and how he was received. So, um, that only lasted about a month. Um, oh, wow. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I just couldn't make any money that way. And, uh, you know, I, I wasn't the, uh, the, the people person uh, or, you know, because I was a Yankee, I wasn't really um, accepted in that area. So sure, um, just kind of started looking for something else, ended up uh, finding a job with a call center that was with, uh, with Medicare. So that was kind of my second jump into the insurance industry um, and not really done purposely. It was just uh, I had bills to pay and that was a job that came open. So I was able to do that uh, for about uh, working in a call center for a couple of years uh, before my wife and I decided to move to Vermont. So 2010, we moved to Vermont. Um, I didn't have a job, but I had family. So uh, we were able to 
kind of squeaked by for a little bit and applied for a couple different positions um, and ended up accepting a position at Vermont Mutual uh, as a uh, as a claims adjuster. And basically that was a, a two month introduction, you know, training on the job training. And then I was off to the races, you know, uh, adjusting claims started out with minor claims, typically, you know, single vehicle accidents, um, and then progressed to multi-vehicle accidents. And then from auto, I went over to general liability for a couple of years adjusting and then, um, you know, decided that my talents, I would, I wanted to use them, um, for local people, you know, Vermont mutual does sell uh, a lot of policies to people in Vermont. They're one of our better carriers, uh, to, to do business with, but I wanted to help my neighbors. So I I joined forces with uh, Hickok and Boardman, um, and as a a claims specialist, uh, basically that means I'm an advocate for our clients who have claims related matters. So whether they're calling to discuss coverage or they need to file a claim, uh, I'm one of the three people that they generally talk to and are able to uh, to really advocate on behalf of them should they run into a, to a coverage issue. Yeah. And I think that's a huge benefit. I mean, I've called you multiple times already, Chris, and you know your teammates as well when there's just a tricky claim situation and it I know the client really appreciates having you in their corner just to kind of navigate it, help them feel educated on the process, but also to just make sure that there's an extra set of eyes looking at the policy level language to make sure nothing's being missed. Right, right. And the, the good thing is, is that all of our, all of us on the claims team uh, have uh, multiple years experience. There's two of us that are licensed adjusters. Uh, myself and Mike O'Hara. And so we've been in the adjuster's seat and we realize that adjusters, you know, while they try to apply the the coverage language, um, you know, as best as they can, sometimes they miss information, sometimes they misinterpret the policy. So uh, we're there for our clients to make sure that that doesn't happen um, and that they're getting the coverage that they've paid for. Yep. Yeah. No, that's great. So, Popular claim scenario we're talking about today, burst pipes, most likely water damage, that type of thing happens all the time, especially in the North country, especially this particular winter. I'm sure we've seen a lot of those. It's been uh, minus 15 or plus or minus, you know, five degrees, several days this winter overnight, been real cold fuel companies are trying to keep up with the demand. Right. And, uh, people are probably having some burst pipes from both a commercial and a personal, uh, insurance perspective. So, you know, from your, from your vantage point, what are some of the best practices for preventing this scenario? Yeah. So, um, burst pipes, first I'll say is that, uh, a lot of the times that we have a burst pipe, it's people who do the right thing. It's just environmental factors, um, occur. And some, and a lot of times it's out of people's control, but the number one thing, uh, is, is obviously maintain a, uh, you know, a heat to a certain level. And in most times, uh, 60 degrees is typically the sufficient temperature that people should be, uh, 
um, you know, maintaining their heat at. Uh, that should be on all floors of their home or the building that they insure. And, um, you know, make sure that uh, you're not al allowing cold air to come in. So if you have a draft, you fix the draft so that that can help prevent any damages from occurring. Um, you know, it's, it's all about prevention and just maintaining the heat is a huge um, aspect of that. Hmm. Are there any other scenarios that you've seen in your years of adjusting claims that caused burst pipes that for whatever reason didn't involve heat, some kind of maybe maintenance or some other element that's important to talk about? Yeah. So there are a lot of people um, that I've, I've had claims with who don't realize how, um, how much insulation they need in their home, or they're unaware that a certain wall may not have any insulation. And usually it's the walls that lack insulation um, where pipes are that end up bursting. So, mm. um, you know, I'll give you an example. Uh, I have, when I bought my home in, in orange, uh, we had to renovate the, the bathroom. And so we pulled out the old shower and I was surprised to find that there was no insulation around the, uh, the, the whole, the cold and hot water pipes. Um, and those were within 16 inches of, of the exterior wall. So that could have realistically, um, you know, given the right conditions could have frozen, um, and then burst at some point. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's one of those things that you, you do your best to prevent, but sometimes it's out of your control unless you're putting holes in the wall. Yep. Right. Um, so really let's talk about where your expertise really kicks in. Somebody's had a claim. They, you know, they've realized there's a burst pipe. Oftentimes I assume they found out not immediately after it happened. <laughs> so walk me through, walk the listeners through your best practices approach for how to best address that situation from and if there are any nuances between a, a business owner and a commercial policy uh, or personal homeowners. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So you're correct. I mean, most times when a, when a pipe burst, it's not this immediate explosion of water. Um, it is oftentimes starts out as a slow leak and it leaks into, you know, sheetrock or drop ceiling. Um, and those, those basically soak up the moisture so until they get inundated with the moisture and start dripping, uh, most people don't realize that the, that the pipe is burst at that point in time. So what you'll have in that case is you'll have a lot of water that's entered into um, sheetrock and it'll, it could, you know, it's not limited to just going into the, the ceiling. It could travel and go into the walls, go into the, um, into the insulation. Uh, so the first thing that we encourage people to do uh, when you when you discover water is to contact a mitigation company. Uh, there are companies out there that are specially trained to clean up water. They have special tools that they can come and they they basically uh, put a probe up to your wall and they see which walls have moisture. Yep. So it helps them determine yep. 
uh, you know, what, what they need to dry out. So um, you may not be able to see the, obviously you may not be able to see the water, but with their tools, they can tell you that a wall has significant moisture in it and that needs to be dried. Where's the, um, where's the line between um, getting uh, corrective action in place versus documenting the damage? You know what I'm trying to say? Like, like there's an element here of like, I got to prevent additional damage, but I also don't want um, the insurance company to not see the extent of the damage because they need to understand that. Right. So the good thing with the mitigation companies is they, they know that most people who contact them have insurance of some sort. So they're going to talk to you about your insurance policy a little bit. You know, who's your carrier? What's your policy number? Have you, who's your agent? Have you contacted your agent? Um, and what they do as part of their process, uh, they come and they they analyze the amount of moisture that you have in your in your property, and they determine if their services are needed. Um, mm-hmm. So if you if you're able to catch a leak quickly and you're able to dry it with just putting on a, a small fan on it for a little while, most of the companies that that we work with will tell you just to just to do that. Um, you know, I'm not saying that's every company, um, but Mm -hmm. a lot will are good about telling you, you don't need our services. Here's what you can do. But if you do need their services, then they will, they're going to document the damages. They're going to take photographs. They're going to, uh, they're going to preserve that information so that when the claim is submitted and the adjuster from the insurance company calls them, they're going to be able to send those photos over to the to the insurance carrier so that they will be able to see the extent of the damages at that point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any, um, any advice, um, beyond that when you're, when you're addressing the claim, you know, you've got the, the remediation company there. Is it pretty much all set from there for the most part? Is there anything else that you, uh, insured should be thinking about? Yep. So after contacting the remediation company, uh, contact your agent, let them know what's going on so that the agent can get a claim submitted to your insurance carrier as soon as possible. Um, and then, you know, what we'll do uh, as your agency is we'll go ahead and kind of walk you through the process as well. So if if we are your first call, um, we're going to give you, you know, we're going to let you know, contact uh, mitigation company because they need to get in there as soon as possible. A lot of people don't know to contact the mitigation company. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of people that do automatically, uh, but we certainly want you to give us a call. Now we have an emergency hotline. So if it happens at 2 a.m., uh, you know, certainly give us a call and uh, one of our claims professionals will be contacted and they'll contact you as soon as they're able to. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll be able to walk you through the process and then make sure that a claim gets submitted in a timely manner. Uh, the other thing is, is if you have personal property that's in the area where the water is, uh, but it's not damaged or it's only slightly damaged, um, if you're able to move that property, we suggest that you do that to prevent any further damage to it. Uh, people, you know, oftentimes water will start on one level and run down into the next level. Oh, yeah. Apartment buildings or multi-level buildings yeah. or basements. Yeah, and that's basements are where a lot of people store different items, um, and that's where you—that's where we see a lot of uh, personal property that's damaged because it goes mm-hmm. down to the lower floor, 
and it's sitting in the water. It's not just, you know, not just water dripping down on it. It's actually sitting in the water that's been, that is there. So um, if you're able to, um, anything that's on your basement floor, we, you know, it's always suggested to prop it up. So if you're able to prop it up, you know, put it into uh, some sort of storage rack or anything like that, you can, you know, that's a way to prevent it, anything from happening, at, you know, even before it happens. Uh, but certainly move any personal property that you can, um, you know, move with it to prevent further damage. Yep. No, that's good information. And I mean, it's one of those things you never really hope to have to think about too much. <laughs> but um, like we said in the beginning of the podcast, it could be out of your control and you might have to be prepared to um, stay calm, but address the situation as you just um you just mentioned, yeah. you know, so, well, Chris, this has been good, man. Do you have any, um, do you have any closing thoughts? I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but I like to do that for everybody. <laughs> do you have any closing thoughts on, on, um, burst pipe claims, uh, or how to address them or how to prevent them or any other thoughts that we didn't talk about today? Yeah. So I think with burst pipes, um, it can be a nightmare scenario, um, whether you're a homeowner or business owner, um, the, the, what I would suggest the most is, is talking to your account manager, um, or, or your, your client advisor. So for commercial clients, um, several things that you need to think about, uh, in your building is, um, you know, especially if you have tenants, what are you going to do if you're, if water leaks into multiple units and it displaces your tenants, are you, you know, are they going to have a place to go? Um, do they have coverage on, on, you know, for their property that gets damaged? Um, so that's certainly something to, to really consider and think about because oftentimes, uh, you have people who, who haven't thought about that and it's, it's always good to be prepared. It's good to be prepared, know what's going to happen. Um, and then for homeowners, whether you, you own a home or you have an apartment, uh, just make sure that you have. Uh, you know, cut the proper coverage, uh, make sure that you have, uh, and by that, I mean, make sure that you have coverage for the, the dwelling for homeowners, as well as your personal property. And then for renters, you know, make sure that you have enough coverage for your personal property, because if you have a catastrophic loss where water damages everything, are you going to be able to replace that, those items with, you know, what you currently have for coverage. And right now in the market that we're in, where inflation is, is high, it's a good time to, to really take reflect and take a look at that and see if you have the limits that you need. Those are great points, Chris. Thanks for sharing all that. And maybe we'll have to have you come on again, uh, just to talk about business income insurance, because that's an element of, of a claim scenario that is often not given enough thought. Right. Uh, so, but for another day, thanks again. Oh, uh, I really appreciate your time. Yeah. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks a lot. Awesome. Hey, everybody out there. This is another episode of got you covered presented by Hickok and Boardman insurance group. Thanks again. Listen in to the next one. Thank you.